Hello, and thank you for joining us for this special midweek Lenten podcast from St. Paul's Lutheran Church and School in Bourbonnet, Illinois. This is a sermon from March 4th, 2020. The sermon is called, To Seek and Save, That One Man Should Die, and is based on John, chapter 11, verses 45 through 53. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts and the actions of our lives be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Since I'm on a roll with product placement, I'm just going to keep going. How many of you have watched any of the Marvel movies? A few of you? I have to admit, I'm not really a Marvel movie person. I have seen zero of those movies in the movie theater when they came out, like, it just, it doesn't even raise my pulse. I'm not a comic book person, so whatever. But, have you heard of this thing called Disney Plus? Yeah. And it has all the Marvel movies on, so I'm like, okay, you know, I'll, I'll watch one. And I made the rookie mistake. I didn't understand one thing about these movies. That they're like a whole complex of movies that have like an order and arrangement to them. So it's not like you can just watch one and be done. Because before, if you watch one in the middle, before that one there was a pre-story and afterwards that always say, and so and so will be back in, and it's like the next movie. Well, I made the mistake of just like watching one of the Avenger movies, and it didn't really make any sense to me because there were like 12 movies before that and 13 movies afterwards. But now slowly I've been watching them from the beginning and it starts to make a little bit of sense finally. Oh, Infinity Stones, I know what those are. Oh, the Avengers, I know who they are. But even the movies, I found that the plot is, is just, it always, there's always a turn, there's always a twist to it that you might think you know how it's going to go, and then uh, maybe a character drops out or disappears, or somebody that you think is important, they might die or appear to die. And you're like, wait, I, I, thought, I thought they're in the next movie. How can they be gone? And it just always keeps you guessing. The plot is thickening as it twists and turns, and that really gets you involved. Our gospel reading is a story. It's a true story, but it is a story. It still captures our emotions. It captures our attention like good stories do. Because I remarked to Pastor Coben about this last week, I said, so let me get this straight. The sermon series starts off with the story of Lazarus? Like, that's the climax, isn't it? Because what can be better than the story of Jesus raising the dead, calling Lazarus out of the tomb? And that's how we started. And then we get to this week. And this week's story is not so exciting. It's not so uplifting. It's not so positive. Here's where the plot thickens. Because you would think that after Jesus raises his friend Lazarus from the dead, as he is just on the doorstep of Jerusalem, that now is the time. That Jesus has had his long ministry. 
that he has gone throughout Judea and Galilee proclaiming the good news of the kingdom of God, now was the time to set up that kingdom. Now was the time for Jesus to take that throne. Now is the time for him to rule. After all, everybody could see that Jesus was not just some teacher. He was not just some guy walking around. He had powers that nobody else had. He was the Messiah. He was that promised deliverer that God would send. That's what should be the next step. And like I said, we can tell from the reading that there were many who followed Jesus because of what happened there in Bethany. But that wasn't the only thing that happened. We know that Jesus, throughout his ministry, has always had enemies. He's always had people that did not believe him. He's had people who have questioned him, attacked him, people that did not believe that he was who he said he was. People who thought that he was dangerous. People who thought that he was guilty of blasphemy. And now that he is there, just outside of Jerusalem, just outside the center of power for all of the Jews, they were feeling very uncomfortable. If this Jesus raises Lazarus from the dead, what more will he do? If Jesus is now attracting more and more people to him because of his miracles, how can we stop this? How can we stop those crowds from following him? And so some of those that were there, they went to the Pharisees. They went to the chief priests. They went to the rulers of their people, not with news of the Messiah, but rather to enact fear and hysteria. This Jesus, he's dangerous. This Jesus, he's out of control. We can wait no longer. And it is here, following the raising of Lazarus from the dead, that those who were in opposition of Jesus finally make that decision. The die is cast. Jesus must die. Those chief priests and rulers and the Pharisees, all of those who gathered together against Jesus, this really isn't anything that's surprising. It was there in our reading, our Old Testament reading from Genesis, right? That, that when God talked about the serpent, he said there would be enmity, that is hostility, between the offspring of the serpent, that is all who follow his ways, and that one promised offspring of the woman, the Savior, the Messiah. And there was enmity. There was hostility. The chief priests, the Pharisees, the teachers, they all were jealous of Jesus. Jealous that he got the crowds to follow him. Jealous of the potential power that he could have. And they were afraid. They were afraid of what might happen if Jesus comes into Jerusalem. They were afraid of riots of people that would come for Jesus and against Jesus. And they were afraid of the Roman government and what they might do because of those riots. 
You see, the Jews were in a very precarious position. They did have some power, but their power was always under the authority of the Roman government. And so they always knew that even though they did not like the Romans, they had to be deferential. They had to be careful. Because in a moment, the Romans could come and take away what little power they have. And if the Romans took away the power, those chief priests, those Pharisees, those authorities, they would no longer have their positions. They would no longer have that power. They would have nothing. And they were afraid. They were afraid of losing that. And so they made their plans. What can we do? How can we get rid of this Jesus? But they were afraid because they knew of Jesus' popularity. How do you get rid of somebody so popular? Finally, Caiaphas, the chief priest, he had an answer. He knew this was going to be a tough job, but he knew what must be spoken, and so he wasn't afraid to say it. One man. One man must die. Don't you guys see? It is better for one man to die than for us to lose our nation, than for us to lose our power, to lose these positions of authority and the wealth that we have amassed from them. It might not be an easy decision, but this Jesus, this one man must die. It is only by his death that we will save our nation, that we will save our people. When Caiaphas speaks, he's not speaking as a theologian. He's speaking as a politician, which is really ironic. Because as the chief priest, he should be the theological leader. The chief priest is is like that mediator, right, between God and his people. The chief priest is the one who makes those sacrifices on behalf of the nation, on behalf of the people, that their sins might be forgiven. That's what a high priest, the chief priest, is supposed to do. But ever since the kingdoms of Israel and Judah fell, Ever since the king disappeared, that chief priest started to look more and more like a politician. People looked to that person. They looked to that person for guidance, for hope, for direction, just like they would look to a king. And that chief priest, rather than saying, no, no, that's not my job, I'm the mediator, I'm the one here to make sure that the sacrifices go on, to make sure that you know the forgiveness that God offers. But over time, the chief priest didn't say that. Instead, they liked their power. They liked the position and the authority that that gave them. Caiaphas here is not speaking as a theologian. He is speaking as just another one of those people whose playbook is the ways of this world. He wanted to keep his power. He wanted to keep his authority. He wanted to keep his wealth. And he knew that he could not have those things if Jesus was around. And so he spoke those words. It's better for Jesus to die. But John tells us, 
The irony continues that this was a prophecy that Caiaphas made, but Caiaphas didn't understand the full meaning of his words. See, so far we've been hearing about the plans of man, the plans of man to secure their power and their authority, their rule. That's what they cared most about. They weren't listening to Jesus' words. They weren't listening about the kingdom of God. They didn't have any place in their heart for that. But God used Caiaphas. God used Caiaphas for his plan. And in a way that seems hard for us to fathom, God used man's plans for his plan. Caiaphas thought that by getting rid of Jesus, he would save his people. And God said, exactly. By Jesus' death, I will save your people. But not just your people, I will save the whole world. See, Jesus had come on the scene not to be a great miracle worker. He did not come to establish his own earthly kingdom. He did not come to amass wealth and popularity. From the beginning, Jesus knew exactly why he had come. He had come as the offspring of woman. He had come to crush the head of the serpent, to defeat Satan once and for all, and to secure for us our forgiveness, to secure eternal life for us by his death on the cross. Caiaphas, of all people, should have known this, should have understood this, should have known what his words even meant. It is better for one to die for all. That's exactly what the chief priest's job was all about. People would bring sacrifices to him, those slaughtered animals, the lambs, the goats. And as those animals were killed, as the blood is sprinkled over the altar, the people see God accepts the death of these animals, their blood shed instead of mine. I know that I will be saved because God has promised a Messiah. God has promised a deliverer. That idea, the Lamb of God, the sacrificial Lamb, Caiaphas should have known it was right there. But in the ways of the world, he didn't see the truth. He didn't see the gospel was right there before him. It's right there before us. Satan makes his plans. Satan makes his attacks. The world has their plans. Doesn't always line up with God's ways. And yet God can somehow even bend the plans of this world ultimately for his good. He can use those sinful plans for our good, for our salvation, to give us hope. 
When you think about your calendar, when you think about your schedule, when you think about what you have planned, think about that sometime. What is it that you hope to accomplish? What's on your to-do list? See, sometimes we get short-sighted. We think about, you know, like the bucket list, things that we want to do before we die. God talks to us about a different plan. God's plan began before the foundation of the world. God's plan continues through our life, but God's plan continues far beyond our life. It continues through all eternity. And God has done everything by sending Jesus, by sending you people into your lives to bring you, to bring you to the waters of baptism, to bring God's word to you, to bring you into God's family, so that God's plans and your plans wouldn't be fighting against one another, but would be one and the same. It's better for one to die for the whole world. This is most certainly true. Amen. And now may the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Jesus Christ, who is your Lord and risen Savior. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's sermon from St. Paul's Lutheran Church and School in Bourbonnet, Illinois. You can find this and other podcasts by going to stpaulslutheran.net and choosing an option at the top of the page. Thank you for listening and God's blessings.